0: So welcome along to another episode of the Make It Count podcast. It's great to be here with you. My name is David. And I'm Matt. And today we're talking about making it count while moving house. Yeah. Um, Because partly because I've done that recently and it's sort of, you know, talk about the experience of of moving house in the UK and um, what it looked like to try and make it count. You helped with it, Matt. What do you remember from, from the moving day?
1: I did. Uh, it was way less crazy than I thought it was going to be, actually. Um, we you know, It wasn't even that early a start, either. When did we get over to uh, your place to, to get all the stuff packed in? I think you probably
0: the... arrived about half eight, nine o'clock.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was a you know reasonably normal starting time of of work so you know it wasn't like oh we have to get up really early so it didn't have that sort of excitement and it was fairly casual when we got there it felt like we packed everything up really quickly within into the the truck or the horse box Um so it just it felt like it went a lot smoother than uh, I thought it might have um, and it was fun to see as we got to your new house as bits and bobs were added in it definitely went from a shell to you know more of a a dwelling uh so yeah that was kind of the overall yeah and it felt like a commu- a family thing so, you know it was, it was quite a few of us involved and so it was, it was just enjoyable it was, it, i enjoyed it a lot
0: yeah there there were definitely lots of helping hands we didn't hire um anyone to help us move
1: um Unless you count uh, buying Domino's pizza for lunch as hiring.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does that count? I don't know. Um, But yeah, parents-in-law, mother and father-in-law helped um, in huge ways. And maybe I'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, uh, uncle and... Uh well, Charlotte's uncle and um one of the cousins helped, and obviously you were there helping, which was it was just a lot of fun. There was mm-hmm. something that I'd I'd read or I'd come across, and someone talked about how, you know, when they when they first moved to this place, they had a load of friends that helped them out and it was very memorable. And it's how do we get this SETI up this, you know, narrow stairs and all that sort of stuff. So when they moved the next time, um, it was something to do with his his wife's job at a university, I think. And the university hired like movers for them. So, so right. they were very, very nice, but pleasant, totally unmemorable, no shared experience, no memories with any friends. Um, and so that was quite interesting. It was actually like, oh, it was an opportunity really to to make some memories with people we love and we know. So, yeah. And I think maybe that is one of, I mean, obviously there's a little bit of me that's like frugal. If we don't have to, you know, <laughs> pay for, pay a, you know a thousand pounds for a van and, and people to help that would be great but also yeah. there are some memories that, that formed from that like uh, the house we are in at the moment has two front doors and the outside door is narrower than normal and I was even leading up to it I was confident everything would get through except for maybe the sofa mm. and I was like I the really sofa. I
1: knew you were going to say the sofa
0: <laughs> I really don't know how we're going to get the sofa in and um so when we were packing up i said we should put the sofa in first so it's the last thing we have to deal with But yeah. we get you know everything else can be in and we just figure out that and that is like exactly what happened everything went in smoothly more or less and then um then the the sofa just it it
1: was it wouldn't fit properly yeah and we were thinking oh do we have to take it around the back so we kind of there's a side alley up, your, uh, up the side of the house and kind of looking around and yeah, well, we could get it in the back door, but then we've got this like horrible 90 degree turn in a small hallway back into the kitchen and through two other doors to get it back into the, you know, the, the sitting room. That would be bad. And I'm thinking, oh man, if it can't fit through this door, it's not going to really fit through that. So how are we going to do that? So I was like around the back at the time trying to figure out what's going on. And then I come back around the front and then... Your uh, your father in law and his brother, so um, you yeah, know uncle in law, I suppose. Is that, a, would that is that a term? Had somehow just been like right brute force and ignorance. It was only like a couple of centimeters that it wouldn't fit. We'll just twist it and shove it. And by the time I got there, that it was halfway through, and I was like, oh great, we just did it. You know, nothing broke. So amazingly, yeah, it was uh, quite yeah. fun
0: really because we were there. The door had already we'd already taken the door off. Yeah, it was just and the even frame, then it was it? a bit tight. And then it was just like, yeah, basically, Mark, my father in law, was like, I'm just going to push this really hard. And it sort of like warped in a weird way. It went through. People were running around like, we need two people over there, two people over here. So now it's a run all the way around the outside of the house, you you and um, Ethan, and then we get it through. And it was just quite fun. It was a bit, it was just like, oh, we're in now. Great. Put it all down, have a drink. (laughs) And that was the last thing, wasn't it? Yes. Put it down, sit down on it and have a drink. Yeah. So, and I think the moving day was fun in that way. That we, I actually picked up the keys the day before. So we could have moved in the day before, but I didn't pick them up till like 1.30. So then we'd have had to do like the move that way. And you don't know. So it was nice to be able to go, I'll pick up the keys. We'll have a look. We'll make a bit of a plan. Then we'll actually move the next day and just give ourselves a bit of time. You don't always have that opportunity, but for the if you do i think it, it helps i was even advised someone even said don't you know Get yeah, move all your stuff in move all your stuff in but don't move in until it feels like a home yet and i thought oh, that's really interesting so that when you when you first move in it's like oh this already feels like a home rather than a load of boxes everywhere
1: and things like that sure yeah so that was also part of it because you didn't have like loads of furniture to fill the place out with so that wasn't um so bad and it then meant that sort of the later part of the afternoon could be well let's actually just unpack these boxes now and so you don't you're not living in a land filled with boxes you know so i think that was a big um a big plus as well for you guys
0: yeah there's all these numbers i'm sure you've heard as well of you know (laughs) the average household having like three hundred thousand items i don't think we're anywhere near that number yet so it meant that once you put like the big bits in and actually we could we unpacked all of the boxes and the kitchen stuff like that day and the next day. And so I remember talking to various people like, oh, have you got boxes everywhere? It's like, actually, no. And there's a little bit of like annoyance from other people. Yeah. Like, well, well disguised, but not that well disguised. It's like, how did you unpack already? And I, like, well, you know, we don't have loads of stuff. The advantage of not having loads of stuff turns out,
1: yeah. And of course, you know, you don't have kids; you, it's just the two of you, you know, just starting out living together. So you, you, there's plenty of time to accumulate stuff. But I suppose that's the question, isn't it? It's almost an opportunity, at uh, the clear out phase of the old place. So, well, of right, we're boxing this stuff up. Do we do we need it? You know, or do we maybe do we value the stuff or do we value the space more? yeah Yeah. well
0: exactly and i think lots of people use moving house as an opportunity to do a clear out uh actually i ended up seeing the person we bought the house from um briefly the day that we were actually moving or maybe yeah anyway briefly in a crossover period and um she was like oh yeah i've been doing tip runs for the last like couple of months you know (laughs) as clear outs you know just every every weekend doing tip rounds and it's like oh I suppose that that is a way of clearing up, isn't it? You know, getting rid of stuff you don't need. But to change the conversation a little bit, because I suppose to make it maybe more understandable, although many people have moved house from in all sorts of different ways, to me, making it count is sort of fairly synonymous with being intentional. And intentional with that time and i think we were intentional with how we did it with how we planned it out but actually moving house didn't happen on a day i mean it did happen on a day but it also happened over an eight month period for us and that's not true in every country you know i've got people that i know in the states and i i think uh, they sort of had a, a bid accepted more or less at the same time and a month later they were moved in you know, and uh, we've got cousins in the States, similar situation. Bid gets accepted a month later, they're moved in. I, I understand yeah. it's fairly similar in France as well. Uh, the housing situation in the UK, very different. And so we we were ready to go the day before we got married, which is over six months ago. And, and so the whole process from looking at houses to putting a bid in to having that accepted to... All of the things you have to check off eventually, it, it probably did take eight months. Like moving house, buying a house took eight months. It's not an insignificant amount of time.
1: Yeah.
0: I suppose it's like, well, what does it look like to be intentional in that wider eight months, especially when you don't know if it's going to take one month, three months, five months, or eight months? Like we didn't know at the beginning. It was going to take that long, so it was yeah. this uncertainty around it. Uh, what do you? I mean, what do you remember about that from your perspective?
1: Well, I think it's the, the other side of it is what's important to know uh, for someone that's outside of England. context is all through that eight month period up until the final day in which the contracts are signed and things are handed over. It could fall through, and you're left back at square one. Mm-hmm. That, that it's not just a case of okay, well, it's going to happen. We just don't know how long it's going to take. It's it could fall through, uh, and at that point, you've waited a long time, and you would then have to, you know, restart the whole process again and renegotiate things like the loan from the bank. And uh, that a lot had happened in that six months, which would have made that a, a much worse off prospect. So I think that's something that really built into the stress of the whole process for you guys, and you were feeling it and sitting in that we're in limbo we're in a place where we think you know thankfully we're able to rent you know the place where you were for fairly reasonable price month by month not locked into a long contract but it wasn't a home that you and it wasn't somewhere where you could build and make it your own home and you wanted to get into this place but it was that we it might not happen you know tomorrow something could happen we hear news oh it's all fallen through Mm -hmm. you know that that's a tension you had to live with, and that uncertainty, uh, and I think that was draining for both of you guys. And that probably meant that over that time, it was a, it was a strain for where you were at, and you felt you couldn't put roots down where you were, or you know there were things that you necessarily weren't necessarily able to in- invest in because there was this, what's going on, question mark, and we might have to start again. So I saw that from the outside as this, there's a tension here and you've got to give these guys a bit of space to just, you know, not... yeah, it'd be nice to see them more and do more fun things with them, but they, they've they got stuff on their mind and um, allowing you guys that space to sit in that tension. Yeah. I hope I didn't just ignore you and be like, oh, they'll deal with it and it would be fine, just, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But, like you said, I don't, yeah, it just is a very, very uncertain situation because we've had this bid put in for a house. And up until the day you exchange contracts, and then after that, you move like a week to two weeks later, up until that day where you sign the contract, which happened in like a long time later, someone else could just come in and offer more money. And there'd be no penalty to anybody other than we would now not be in line to to have the house and the mortgage offer we have is tied to the property so then it's like oh you'd have to go through that whole process again it's like very very uncertain oh that person might just decide actually we're not selling done like you know it's just like that's crazy you put all of this time in you pay lawyers you you talk to estate agents you do all this sort of stuff and it's not and, and there's other systems that are probably better and work better for people but it is like you said; it's a really uncertain thing. And the place we were staying in, we liked it. We really appreciated it, but it never really felt like um, a home for us. Mm. And so we didn't really invite people around because it's like, well, we don't know if we're going to even be here in a month. Um, and many months we were, but we didn't realize that. And you don't know that at the time. And so yeah. you know, we didn't even properly unpack really. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a complicated time. Many of us maybe it was this moving house or otherwise have experienced that tension of being somewhere but not knowing where the finish line is like you don't know and and how what does it look like to be intentional with that time and um yeah that that was maybe one of the more difficult times probably to make it count for for me really in the last few months
1: i think yeah you you told me we have a a friend who was also had moved house recently, within the last year or something, and their reflections. They gave you a few tips on like when's best to contact the solicitors and uh, the agents and stuff. But they were saying it seems weird that there's this entire industry in the UK or at least in England built on polite nagging. That's the only way you can get things done. Basically, kind of politely nagging again and again and again. Maybe there's a principle there, you know, from uh, the uh, what is it? The the widow and the unjust judge just gives justice because she keeps asking but um you know it it does seem a bit peculiar that the system doesn't and and so in that restriction in that space you have a whole thing built that is out of your control there are so many things so how do you then live with intention and make it count and still be you know genuinely kind to everyone involved but also like uh, we want to get this thing moving you know we're ready to go what's holding up you know um and so how to balance that line of courteousness and care and understanding other people's perspective whilst also going yeah can you understand our expect uh, perspective as well and where we're at
0: yeah and obviously really the way it's designed is that you don't talk to the people that you are um buying from or who the people they're buying from you know the whole chain of um moving houses you're not they they don't for whatever reason, want you to talk to each other. So then it has to be, like, through the solicitor. So you talk to your solicitor, who you talks to their solicitor, you talk to them, and then it all goes back, and it's like, well, that just takes a week every time you want anything done. Yeah, uh, it seems very inefficient. Um, and there's probably good reasons for it to stop... Uh, frowned upon behaviour, probably. People would take advantage of otherwise, but,
1: uh, yeah, it's also a bit strange. Um,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. One of the other... One of the other areas we, you know you spoke about you highlighted when we were thinking about this conversation was moving house is more than just moving house yeah, it's ch- it, depending on how far you're moving, it potentially changes everything you mm. know uh, but it could if you are just moving down a road, it doesn't change so much, but if you're moving one town to another or across the country or uh, different countries, it could change absolutely everything you know certainly the community, your address. You know, if you're still in the same sort of region, it will change your commute to work, you know, all these sort of things. And I like, oh, I hadn't really, obviously, you know about that, but I hadn't necessarily passed out, like, oh, yeah, all of these individual things would change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone knows that when you move house, you have to tell everyone you've changed your address, you tell your bank, the, the driver's license all these people you know where you get your amazon packages delivered to yeah. um you know you, you change your addresses legal requirements for that all sorts of stuff but for your life that means well when i go to work i now go a different way you know and maybe i have to go further or less you know when i go to the shops i go to maybe different shops i'm part of a different community i'm, mm-hmm. I'm living in a different neighborhood like every, almost like Every part of your life shifts. Yeah, where, where you wake up, where who you talk to, where your friendships are—you know—and um, and so it was very strange because we moved house, and then the next day, um, Charlotte had to go to work, and I had to go to work, and I just had this moment, and I was like, "Oh, like for me, everything in my life has shifted. My like perspective, where I'm coming from, has changed." But no. for everybody else, I'm still just David who's rocking up from somewhere else, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And the world has not shifted at all. Like it's still just David rocking up. But for me, it was like, oh, like I'm I'm undergoing this massive change, the of, of the way I'm viewing the world and how I'm experiencing it. But for everybody else, it was just another Thursday.
1: Ah, that's really interesting. You could never get the hang of Thursdays either, could you? No. <laughs> The, I, I suppose, uh, obviously neither of us are anthropologists or historians, but it, it does for me, I wonder, like, with all of these things that change with the move, there has to be a fairly compelling reason to move. Uh, and I, I feel like it's still fairly recent in human history, the last, let's say, since the second half of the you know, 20th century, perhaps, maybe, maybe a bit earlier, that it was much more common for people to just kind of go, we're going to up and move, you know, as a maybe individual family, rather than like, I would imagine going far enough back, you'd go, oh yeah, if we're going to move, it's the whole community moving because there's a big reason, you know, either some, you know, environmental thing or a, a pressure from X side is going, this is no longer a viable place to live and be, we need to go. Whereas it's now, well, there's an economic possibility or and i think that's probably one of the most common reasons people move is a job opportunity maybe later on in life or at different life stages it's a this is a community or a city we want to be in but so that's an intentional upping of all these anchors but so i think i find it so interesting that uh, a job often is like that's the driving thing Oh well the job needs me to be there and so that's where i'm going to be and I wonder how many times people do that, maybe slightly eyes closed to the effects of what that's going to really demand and the, the cost that really is on all the other areas of life.
0: Oh, definitely. Because, and I remember reading a book, I can't remember what it was, it was many years ago, um, probably 2015. So that's like eight years ago. But the guy talked about how him and his wife decided to stay in the same city that they were in and they had many other job opportunities to go to other places, but they were like, actually putting roots down in this place for us, but also for our children. So that when they come back, even as adult children, you know, they are there, they feel like this is home. And so they were very intentional. But be like, actually the social connections and ties are more important than a job that pays double somewhere else. And that's yeah. like you said, maybe not so normal anymore we're in a a world that increasingly feels quite transient and people move and you know they're there but not there and we rely on these sort of weak ties through the internet rather than the strong ties of um, actual real in-person connection and I, I thought it was really interesting I can't remember where I heard this and maybe this isn't quite what we're talking about although I think the community part of this is important when I said, you know, most of us, or the average amount of time people spend on social media is like an hour, two hours a day, and they're like, but afterwards, do you really feel like you're better connected to any of the people? Sure. Talk to. So yeah, imagine yeah. if every day you spoke to somebody, one friend, like, or you know, for an hour to two hours, yeah, you would like feel very well connected with them, and it's like we've exchanged like the like strong ties those like deep like connections for an hour 90 minutes for these weak ties of like loosely staying surface level with hundreds of people yeah and that, that, that was quite interesting and and i think one of the things because we have moved place we've transplanted and really we're get, trying to get connected to different people in the area so we did the we made some biscuits or cookies and uh, try to hand them to some neighbours to build some connections and just say hey here we are we're across the street so hopefully that will lead to some some sort of closer connections to to where we are now because I think that is important for us and it's something we want to grow and build in
1: absolutely yeah definitely I I was listening to a podcast recently um, something like the title of we let's build a more human world and the the guy being interviewed was kind of saying, people have tried the the digital space for a long time to, I've been saying, it's going to replace the in-person experience, certainly in some way like education domain. And he was like, every time someone tried it, it just didn't work. And the pandemic, because it happened everywhere all at once should give us a fairly clear picture of this is what happens if you go completely digital in your existence, where you're basically locked into a household and whoever happens to be there, and that's it. And then everything else is digital. And he said, and it was rubbish. It was horrible. Nobody liked it, mm-hmm. it because we are not made for digital um, connection. We're made for real in-person connection. And I, I, I exactly like that and um, well, I just totally relate to, and I, I like that question of, yeah, just compare that couple of hours of you know social interaction online to a couple of hours of social interaction with people. It doesn't necessarily even have to be one to one. Could be a group of people. It could be even a group up to ten people. But after a couple of hours of that, you typically will probably feel way more, as you said, connected. Uh, and yeah, if you're an introvert, you might also feel exhausted, but <laughs> you know you will feel connected. Where whereas everybody knows this the zoom fatigue is a thing and we it's great because you can connect far you know that's what we're doing at the moment you're now further away so we're still able to do this but it's still way better when you're in the same room and we can talk over a table you know having a drink in our hands and or whatever so
0: yeah
1: so as we as we wrap up i think
0: making it count when moving is difficult because mm. there are so many different things going on and it can be uncertain and i think I hope people found parts of this conversation valuable in the sense that actually it's still possible to try and be intentional and make it count in the midst of the uncertainty and what that looks like. And Having the right people around you really helps. And on that moving day, it was so valuable to have the different people involved to to get everything onto the, the horse books that we used and solve that jigsaw puzzle. Because at one point, it was like, oh, maybe we're going to have to do two trips, but it was packed in such a way that we managed to do it all in one trip and it just, it it really went very smoothly because the
1: right people were able to help out in the right ways. Mm. I think uh, for me, that that's the thing that don't really watch them anymore, but used to watch uh, a couple of programs related to housing stuff, you know, doing them up or like you know, designing it. And the thing they always said is like, you know, it's all about location, location, location. And I think that's true, but to think about that just in broader terms so yeah location but like what what's the community you're buying into what's the you know all leaving you know what just ask those questions what what is the around the area what is the geography the culture because that's what you're buying into more than just a a property an asset don't don't view it as a, an asset view it as a home base from home base you know not a uh, not a department store but view it as a base from which you, you know, your your life is going to be for at least however long it's going to be. Um, yeah. so. so I think we're
0: going to wrap the episode up there. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And also let us know what you think. How does how do you make moving count?